Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Constant Agitation. I'm your host, Jimmy, as always, joined by Eva. Hi guys, how's it going? How are you doing? Uh, a little bit agitated. Yeah, we'll <laughs> get into that in a second. I'd uh, like to welcome you if it's this your first time watching us. Uh, this is our weekly podcast where we talk about photography, different uh, techniques and uh, compositions. We talk about different artists and see what we can learn from them. And uh, this is live on YouTube if you're listening to it later on your podcast app or watching it later on YouTube. We like, we really like it if you join the conversation. And if you can't make it live on the show, follow us on Instagram, send us your questions there, or just use the email address and the links in the description box where you can find uh, all kinds of useful links. Mm-hmm. All right. So how are you doing? Mm. Feeling off today, huh? A little bit. Two things. Yeah. The last minute thing with uh, cables and stuff always like gets me a little bit on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, we we if if you're experiencing some uh, bad connection is because we misplaced the uh, LAN adapter uh, thingy, mm-hmm. so we're using Wi-Fi again, mm-hmm. which is not ideal. But we hope we don't have any problems. We pray pray to the internet gods. Please. Yeah, <laughs> let us know in the in the chat if you're experiencing anything. If the sound is good, because we used to have complaints about the sound being not loud enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I turned it down a bit today because I wanted to get rid of the fan noise. <laughs> yeah, the fan. Yeah. That computer is about to take off. It is. Um, well, uh, here's the thing. Um, today, you've experienced your, or last night, I should say, <laughs> you've experienced your first encounter with the with the uh, underworld. Yeah. Well, what happened? Uh, I I don't know. I experienced something very weird during the night. Um, I I got awakened by being very scared mm. um, and with a strong yelling. I think you were still awake, so you can tell the other side of the story. I just felt like I was sleeping. I was nice. And then suddenly I saw something super weird next to me in the bed and I was very scared. And then I yelled because I was scared. And then I got woken up and I was woken up with a very um, accelerated heartbeat and I couldn't breathe properly. And I was like properly scared signs in my body. And I'm like, what's happening? And then I went back to sleep because I was very tired and I really had a lot to think to do today. But then talking to you today about it, um, you mentioned that this is something that has happened to you before and it's not so uncommon and it's something that happens to a lot of people. And apparently I experienced my first case of sleep paralysis sleep paralysis or night terrors, I heard also they are called. Mm-hmm. And it was scary, but uh, it's less scary now that I know kind of what it is, even though the feeling of being scared is not uh, something that is unreal. Of course, it is there. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've had it like three, four times uh, growing up. But it's, yeah, like if you've never experienced it before, it can be very scary. But uh, my advice is just know what it is and uh, chill and then you'll be okay. Yeah, it's like, um, I don't know, like I was, I don't remember so much fully, but yeah, like I was feeling something was coming to me something was next to me in the bed and I couldn't do anything about it and I got really scared and then I yelled and then I was out so it wasn't such a long experience or no yeah it ends super quickly like yeah. it's just a, it's just that as far as I understand is that your your brain wakes up before your body does mm-hmm. and it takes a few seconds for your body to catch up and you feel like somebody's <laughs> spinning you down 
so your brain kind of like try to make sense of what happened yeah and then uh you you might see or not my first yeah my first experience i didn't see anything i was i just woke up paralyzed in bed and it took a few seconds and then i was able to move again didn't think so much of it i thought it was just like you know like you know sometimes your muscles if you work out a lot they freeze on you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i thought it was like that i was uh, i was very young but uh, after that somebody told me that they had that that somebody was choking them on top of their chest That's so scary. and my next experience was exactly like that like i saw this black figure choking me but then um, after that it was it, it turned a bit comical i had just like this teasing you knew what's happening <laughs> teasing relationship with my demons but oh. yeah it's uh, you just wait it out some people say wiggle your toes and fingers that helps you get out of the paralysis but i never experienced it that long i usually too unbothered to do anything i'm just like i'm just trying to go back to sleep <laughs> <laughs> i mean it makes sense yesterday i had a very intense gym gym session quite late in the day so yeah. i think my body was just like overworked and very tired and maybe my mind was thinking about all the things i had to do today and it didn't fully go to sleep or something like that that makes sense yeah. actually but uh yeah so if uh, eva is off her game today <laughs> you know why she's still a bit traumatized from what happened yesterday <laughs> Yeah, for, please forgive me. Uh, before we get into today's topic, I just want to uh, make a few comments about last week's episode. Yeah. So last week we talked about uh, printing in the darkroom and working with a very basic darkroom setup. We're still experiencing with it. I'm waiting for a few things to uh, to arrive and to find uh, to make it better and maybe hopefully make a video on it. Mm -hmm. But what I want to say is we gave you a tip on using a light... Um, an iPhone app or whatever smartphone app to use as a darkroom red light. Mm -hmm. We got a comment later on uh, from Chris T that we pinned in the video. So you can see what he, what he's, uh, I assume he mm -hmm. wrote to us. Um, and uh, basically the, these are not recommended. I was, I was experiencing some fogging. Mm -hmm. And as I said, it was because maybe I, when I had the light turned on, um, to the maximum brightness or have it so, so close to the paper but anyway it's not ideal it works in a pinch but uh, there are different solutions that you can that you can find mm -hmm. and uh, yeah just don't use the phone app uh, I just wanted to say that because I didn't want to give bad advice so hopefully if you watched last week's episode, you find this episode. Yeah. And we corrected the mistake. And the next, next most affordable thing then would be the backlight in your forehead. The backlight. Which, which is what we got now to yeah. work with. So. Exactly. That would be cool. Uh, the one we got wasn't the cheapest one. Mm -hmm. Because I could, the cheapest one was out of stock. So I bought the second cheapest one. But it's it's good. It's really good quality, the one we got. Um, what would they pay? Like 15, 20? 15. 15 20 dollars yeah. mm -hmm. um and uh about the book also i was looking through the chat uh we talked yes, uh, last week about sven Hernel. um and uh, somebody asked why didn't you pick up the book that you found in souvenir store mm -hmm. it was not for sale it was one of they had a bunch of uh, they had a small like uh, coffee thing happening mm -hmm. and uh, you, they had a bunch of books that you can browse so we couldn't buy it if we wanted to uh, we planned on visiting the store because it was in the, uh, the the family store because it was in the same town, but it was closed because of the holidays. And um, maybe we will find it in some second hand shop <laughs> or some other shops. Yeah, 
Oh, and uh, another thing, we also talked about uh, how to meter without a light meter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we looked at a table together, yeah. and I put a link in the description. There was two links. There was one for Wikipedia and another website, uh, fredparker.com. Mm-hmm. I'm going to switch to the... All right. So we talked about these uh, values over here. Hold on, they can't see us. Let me fix this really quickly. <laughs> Where is the mouse? All right. Sorry. Okay, so we talked about uh, this table right here with the exposure value chart. Mm-hmm. And I forgot to talk about the one in the bottom, which is super helpful. Um, here you can see all your ISO values and your apertures, and then it tells you your shutter speed. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, we talked about um, ISO 800, for example. And then here you can see like exp- uh, exposure value 5 or 6. Mm-hmm. At F2, you're going to be between 60th and 125th of a second. So for you who were like maybe finding it hard to mm-hmm. know how to use this, these values over here, good. the table in the bottom will um, help you figure it out. And if you have a favorite uh, film stock that you use, you know what speed it is, or if you push it or whatever, you can have all your information over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really useful. I forgot to mention that last week. want to say hi to Cherie and Top Scura. They're here with us in the chat. Hey, guys. Thank you for joining us. And uh, also, if you are enjoying the podcast, uh, we know you do because you join (laughs) us every week and we love you for it. Remember to hit that like button just because, you know, it helps YouTube algorithm know that this is Mm -hmm. something that you guys enjoy and maybe other people will find it too. We appreciate you for coming and doing all that kind of stuff. Should we jump into the topic today? Today's topic, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me set it up. We did get a question from uh, our friend, uh, Desi. He was asking about um, uh, our favorite aspect ratio or framing. Mm -hmm. I I think it's uh, hard to answer that question. Like, I don't, there's not necessarily a favorite one. Mm -hmm. I think it's what works for the uh for the shot yeah um, he's also asking about the medium it, yeah yeah i'm not sure when he said format he means medium or he means format if it's square format or you know like something like that could be but uh, i think this question relates a lot to the photographer that we're, we're going to talk about today it does, yeah. but also it's something that recently i have encountered in my own work because remember that a couple of weeks ago i had a photo session Mm-hmm. And um, these sessions, I do them with my DSLR. So this is digital work and is a three by by four by two um, aspect ratio, which is the normal 35 millimeter is the one that got popularized by 35 millimeter. And then the, the sensors, the full frame sensors on digital, they have the same size, so they have the same aspect ratio. And if you remember, this was a like a very typical portrait session. So it was a lot of focusing on my subject and mm-hmm. more like portraits, close-ups and stuff. And I was editing the photos and I remember telling you, you know, I think I'm I'm composing my shots for a 4x5 um, aspect ratio rather than a 3x2 aspect ratio as my sensor is. Mm-hmm. And then I say, okay, I'm going to just like crop and then see how I do my cropping and the majority of the photos that i took i was much happier with the end composition with the four by five than the original three by two that i shot in yeah so i think 
mm, I am more more drawn toward composing for four by five mm. than three by two. That's what I think because of what I saw in my yeah. in my portraits. But I cannot say that uh, it's a format that I like more. I like a lot of photos that are done in three by two on like sixteen nines. I also like a lot for landscapes. So I'm not sure. Um, uh, I am not sure. I also am digging uh, six by six square format now with our TLR, and I'm really looking forward to work more with that. So. Yeah, I, but you know what I think? I think also it, it has to do with the focal length that you're using. Um, I, with the 35, uh, you were shooting with the 35 during that photo shoot, am I right? Mostly, and the 85 as well, yeah. And so I think um, you were naturally more drawn to that frame, to that composition, using these focal lengths. Focal length. <laughs> um, but I feel like it depends on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, it's a combination, and it's hard to pin it down just by thinking about it. You kind of—it's just how it feels. Yeah, you pick up like something that. and it feels nice, or you pick up something else and it mm -hmm. feels weird. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all related together. Like, um, for example, the uh, on the Mamiya RB, mm -hmm. the two fifty millimeter, I didn't enjoy it so much in six by seven. So basically, four by five aspect ratio. Yeah. Uh, but when I load it with Polaroids <laughs> and I shoot square on Polaroids, I really like it. Yeah, I like true. it. I like it more than the one ten, which is my favorite on six by seven. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So which is an equivalent to fifty, and it's fifty across the board is my favorite focal length. Um, we talked about this before. Is that usually when I look in front of me, I see more narrow. Mm -hmm. While you see wider, you notice things, w the frames wider, I would notice them 50 and narrower. And narrower, yeah. yeah. You notice probably like maybe 50 and wider. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a, a good point. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's. I think it's a personal thing. And uh, it's, it's really important to experiment with that because you might be missing out on what you naturally, um, you know, just because when you're starting out, somebody says, Oh, get a 51.8 uh, because yeah. I give that advice to a lot of people. I mean, it, it's it's a relatively good cheap lens to start with, and of course, but it yeah. is true not to miss on other things. If if you start with let's say a zoom lens, a zoom kit lens, mm -hmm. uh, a really good exercise, uh, in my opinion, is to tape it. So yeah. set it to 18 millimeter. Let's say it starts at 18, uh, and tape it so you can't zoom anymore. Yeah, and go out for a day and shoot, and then set it to 24 tape it so you don't you can't move mm -hmm. it go out and shoot and then go on all the way the range mm -hmm. of the of that lens and see which are your favorite photos see which photos that you feel like more connected to mm -hmm. and that's a good way i think in finding your natural focal length mm -hmm. and then experiment with different crops uh just go if you have lightroom or any app they usually or even on your phone mm -hmm. they have the classic ones like the 16 by 9 Four by five, all those kinds, mm -hmm. uh, which is the same, I think, as eight by ten, four by five. Uh, yeah, four by five, mm -hmm. eight by ten is the same. So um, and six by seven, and they're all the same ratio, more or less. So yeah, play with the crop and see which one is your favorite, and I think that's a really. And then you can also be freeform, so just yeah, don't try necessarily to see what your what your image has and what is the thing that you want to tell with your image and. And this relates to the person we're going to talk about today with those amazing things with different croppings. Yes. All right. So I'm going to start with the living theater. 
living theater, yes. So today we're talking about a photographer that uh, sadly has already passed away. He has had been active for many, many years of his life, starting super, super young at the age of 14, which I was amazed. And he is, for reference, known as the Cartier-Bresson of the East because he's a Chinese photographer and he worked his whole life in street photography and mostly black and white street photography. And we decided to talk about him because we love street photography. We also love black and white work, but we think work like this like this deserves to be known also worldwide. Uh, I understand that Cartier-Bresson is very popular and a lot of people and all photographers learn about his work, learning about photography. I think this photographer should also be in the curriculum of anybody learning about photography. Mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I'm familiar. I wasn't familiar with the name. I'm kind of ashamed to say it because I've seen his photos before. Yeah, of course. I mean, that happens. And I didn't kind of make the effort to learn more about this photographer. Um, but uh, here we are. So better late than never. <laughs> there is one. I, I, I learned about him because of one photo that attracted me so, so, so much that I was like, I need to know who took this. And I think I actually show you this photo maybe months months ago and then you're like but are you sure that's not stage that that's because it's so yeah. crazily good photo that it you kind of had to think twice was it stage was it not stage is it real is it manipulated somehow yeah like this one that i'm looking at right now it's like it's really hard for me to believe <laughs> yeah. that it's not staged i don't know if you're seeing it on your screen uh is the it's one with the mother and the baby yeah. i mean it's uh this is the thing also like the crop because uh, i don't know if you already mentioned the camera he was using uh no i actually didn't so he worked with a uh, jessica uh, tlr uh, jessica no sorry rolleiflex i'm thinking about jessica for other things uh with a rolleiflex camera his whole life he first got a brownie when he was really young mm-hmm. and then he got a rolleiflex six by six tlr and then his body of work was done with that camera which is amazing Heads up uh, for street photographers using TLRs. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, this photo that we're looking at most probably, highly likely, started as a square photo. Yeah. And then it, he cropped it to become this very, very narrow. I, well, I don't know what this is. It's like uh, almost like six by seventeen or something like that. Yeah. Very narrow. I think. Uh, is this no? Three by one or something like that? Is that an aspect ratio? Three by one? It would be one time height and three times equally narrow. I think it's even more than that. Yeah. Uh, and he does that often with his uh, photographs. I think he's, he's free-forming. I don't think he attains to any particular ratio. He just sees what he wants to frame and then he does it. He does, I think, the best thing for the shot. Yeah. And you can see, uh, you can start to notice a pattern uh, here. Um, which is high contrast, uh, black and white photography, and a lot of rhythm. Yes. So much rhythm. Like, this is a really great example here. You see, rhythm is when you have, like, um, got, think of it like music. Mm-hmm. So it's like Patterns. a pattern that is mm-hmm. repeating. Uh, and it it doesn't have to be very mechanical. Like, you think of techno, for example. Yeah. It can be more organic. It's like something like classical music mm-hmm. or other types. Um and here you can see a very great, a good example of rhythm. And I'm not sure how he got this shot. I'm assuming this is a multiple uh, 
like one print made of multiple different uh, uh, exposures. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I am. I am not sure about it to be honest. Yeah, because getting all those at the same time in those yeah, places. Yeah, because you can see like these pe this person right here is walking. Mm -hmm. This person is sitting, and it looks like this one is the same person but inverted. Yeah. But this child or man here, I don't know. It's hard to say. Mm -hmm. Um. He's walking, and you have this background, but uh, also this person here is running. This kid is running. Mm -hmm. So. And they seem to be outside. So I don't think this is one single exposure. One single, yeah. This is he's shooting multi, uh, through the same window mm -hmm. or a different window, uh, uh, looking at the same street mm -hmm. and just comp composite. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. He is amazing and work with light and shadows and with silhouettes as well. Yeah. If you like. Uh, here again, we see very, very, very nice rhythm and uh, with the boats in the background and with the cotton like with the uh, what do you call these uh gondolas yeah yeah i guess <laughs> I, I guess that works with the boat operators <laughs> uh and here we have um, so i have a sheet sheet that i'm looking at with mm -hmm. all the with all the uh, photography kind of like composition rules or they can be also applied to painting yeah. So we have the line rule, the shape rule, uh, negative space and the rule of space, rule of odds and rule of thirds and rhythm. What about the golden ratio? Forget about that. I'm, <laughs> I'm not interested in that one. Um, so here, for example, this photo is a great example of uh, all these rules, <laughs> I would say, because we have uh, we have lines uh, and we have shapes. Uh, and as well, we have the rule of odds here. We have three figures in the back, one figure in the front. Uh, we have great use of negative space mm -hmm. as well as um, uh, the, the rule of space, which is using your negative space in a way to create a story or to create a sense of direction or, or mm -hmm. movement. movement yeah. uh, you will see that pattern appear uh, with, the, with, with more photos that we look at. Uh, this one, for example, has a, a rule of space in the sense that you can see that single boat in the foreground heading towards the city, mm -hmm. which is basically just a landscape in the, in the background. Uh, I, I find like he works with the compositions. The one that you showed before, the one of the boat and the city and the sky, it's a not very common composition of including all these elements all mm. at once. And that's shown by the kind of cropping that he did. It's not exactly. a common one, but it works really well. It it emphasizes the the rule space that we're talking yeah. about because if if that frame was to be wider, mm -hmm. but because we know this was a square photo. So if if it was kept as a square, then it would be too much space. Yes. It would be. Wait. It would remove this element of the sense of direction um, of the movement. Boat. Yeah, yeah, within it, it's so it's so good. It's uh, really nice work. Uh, the movement and rhythm are something that I struggle a lot uh, with my painting mm -hmm. because um, it, it's kind of curious because rhythm it involves patterns and it involves repetition mm -hmm. and 
But as you say, sometimes rhythm becomes so mechanical that it loses the feeling of being organic and being natural. And when it crosses to that path, it it just doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm talking about when you are creating something from scratch, like a painting, you know, you are kind of deciding where you put each element in, in, in your composition. Th- there is a very fine balance between being chaotic and ha- losing the rhythm and not having that bit of a pattern that tells a story and that works towards moving to the other side, which is just is too mechanical, too repetitive. It doesn't feel organic enough and it doesn't feel natural. And I really struggle a lot with that because, for example, sometimes I'm painting landscapes and where I put the elements of the landscapes, if I put them in a way that they're equally separated, it just doesn't feel good because mm. that's not how things are in nature. Mm. But things in nature do have a rhythm and have a pattern. So uh, finding that balance, it's incredibly hard to make mm. it look natural. And when I see painters that they just like work beautifully with this, it's just like, how, how do you do it? Do you just like, it looks like you throw it in the in the painting and it went into the right place. It's yeah. crazy. Exactly. <laughs> that's That's the feeling that you're looking for, basically. <laughs> Uh, you can see with the one, uh, this one is titled Cart Dance. Uh, it was taken in 1960. And I feel like, uh, again, this one is cropped a little bit because it's almost a square, but mm-hmm. not yet. And I wonder where the crop happened. It's, it's one of one of those uh, vertical sides. So it was either cropped from here or from the other side. Uh, but I feel like it works perfectly because if it was a bit wider, mm-hmm. the shape wouldn't be the same. Yeah, I the agree. ratio wouldn't be the same. The placement of the objects in the frame wouldn't be the same. Very, very, very tasteful. So much that one can learn from this. I know, and I feel like also this kind of photography and this kind of uh, this photographer's work. I think it should be taken by people as uh, w- as a sign that y- you should be free. Mm-hmm. to do what you want with your photos because i know a lot of people are are focused on like oh i'm taking this 35 millimeter picture and this is the picture i had to take i have to put the elements within it so it's an, a smart composition and a good photo maybe not maybe you take a photo of something and then you decide that you want to get rid of this part or or intentionally you are taking the photo and you're saying okay i'm going to work with this section of my framing and then with already the thinking that you are going to get rid of the other part. So mm. don't be afraid of, of doing with your photos what you feel it works for your photos. And don't get hung up on like, oh, I have a 6 by 7 camera and I have to create the perfect composition in camera. You know, no, you can work with the elements and then create something that it speaks to you and that it, it represents what you were feeling and thinking about that photo. I feel like, uh, I feel like, Working with 6x6 six six is a great way to kind of free yourself from that because the 6x6 six six is, a, is a square. It's a square, yeah. And if you, can, if you look at it as like, let's say, just a window mm-hmm. and then l- later on you will just crop it however you like, mm-hmm. then you're more free to take the shot and take the, grab the moment mm-hmm. rather than be like, oh, I want to align it just right for my frame. For my frame. Yeah. Now you can be like, okay, I'm just going to snap it and worry about it later because i know i i like something that i see Mm -hmm. but then because i missed a lot of photos like that because it wasn't perfectly aligned where i want it to be yeah but i feel like maybe if you as you said if you just free yourself of that and allow yourself to 
you know, in, kind of like include the post process in the process uh, in advance in your head. So mm-hmm. like give yourself the space to f- edit freely later. Yeah. And which is something that I struggle with because I do kind of want to preserve my photos somewhat mm-hmm. from ed- from going crazy with the editing. And nowadays it's hard not to go crazy with the editing. <laughs> you know, I, I recently... I have very strong opinions about editing and people who've known me know about that. I've went in arguments and stuff, but what I'm, what I, and I refuse to use Photoshop in the past. (laughs) And recently I decided that maybe I, if I want to get more portrait work, I should learn a bit more about uh, Photoshop and all the different tools Mm -hmm. and that crazy, crazy liquify feature. (laughs) So (laughs) insane. Uh, So and I learned that it's pretty easy, actually, uh, to learn. Um, I spent a couple of nights, sleepless nights, sitting <laughs> and working on a c- few photos. And it's insane how easy you can manipulate a photo uh, when you want to edit uh, versus uh, the old days, let's say. Actually, this is, this is very interesting because before you mentioned this thing that you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, Miguel commented, if Ansel Adams was born today, he he could be a photoshop expert yeah <laughs> i know it's it's so hard like for me to to be at peace with that idea because if you think about it like these guys um especially as adams were on the front line of the technology mm-hmm. of their day mm-hmm. so when 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 asa adam was doing his magic in the dark room it's it's kind of like what some people are now doing on with like video editing and all that kind of crazy AI stuff that people do. Mm-hmm. But s- somehow I don't feel like it's just the same. I don't, it's, it's just so much easier now. Like it's, it, it feels to me at least, it feels like it lacks the same ingenuity, you know? Like for example, you know, and I might be spoiling a, f- spoiling a future episode. <laughs> Uh, but we I've been obsessing in the past week about different color processes in terms of capturing the color image, how it started, and different printing techniques that are really, really interesting mm-hmm. and very, very like ahead of their time, I would say. And like mm-hmm. it involves a very complicated process to mm-hmm. get the colors. Very elaborated. Right. But if you look at the behind the code, behind the interface of Photoshop and all of these processors, I'm assuming they do... S- the same things basically you're doing the same thing you're just not seeing yeah it's just, just digitalized but it's the same kind of steps down e- to the image yeah, yeah. but and in a digital format ones and zeros and information whatever that is exactly and for me i knew how to use it digitally and uh, but now learning how how it originated how it came to be mm-hmm. it kind of upsets me that i didn't know that before i start editing digitally mm. I feel like it was much more valuable information to understand no. the analog process. Yeah. Um, in order to, I I think that it would have been, it would have elevated my digital work even further. Mm-hmm. Understanding how it comes to be that way. But as you say, it's never late. So no. everything that we learn about it can be, and also we can approach different techniques, digital techniques, in a different way once we know the analog process behind it or how things are working yeah the, the, but that that was me trying to say that uh, commenting on what miguel said is that 
uh, the comment about if uh, uh, Asal Adam was was alive today, he would be a Photoshop master. And then comparing the the people who are working now, and I'm sure there are great people that I'm not aware of, and I'm mm-hmm. excited to learn more, uh, who are doing great things and understanding the the, the science behind it, uh, rather than just you know moving slides around and seeing what looks good, <laughs> using presets and all that kind of stuff. And again, it's fine. You have to start somewhere, but I just feels like the water is much muddier now, mm-hmm. you know, and it and it's kind of upsetting to me in a bit uh, in a, uh, a bit. But uh, it's never too late, as you say. Why am I too negative? So negative today? <laughs> oh, I'll try to get out of it. Uh, yeah, the one that we had on the screen for a while now uh, is really really nice. Uh, you can see again. We know that it started out as square. Yeah. But then it was cropped to this kind of like. Uh, what do you call this? Uh, two by three, almost. Or I would say even at the four thirds. Yeah, looks a bit like four thirds. It does. Um, here is a beautiful example of rhythm and pattern repetition mm-hmm. with the lines. You have the horizontal lines. You have the vertical lines. You have the vertical lines in here, and then mm-hmm. you have the or is the diagonal line that cross. A, that's that a baroque cross. line, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. because it's um. If you have the um, the diagonal line across the frame, I don't know if you can see my mouse cursor, I'm trying to draw it. <laughs> so from this corner here to this corner here, we you have an anchor, mm-hmm. a diagonal anchor. Mm-hmm. But then the lady is creating with her uh, arms, is creating a line that is perpendicular to the uh, diagonal anchor. So if you imagine this uh, imaginary line here, then her line is being perpendicular on it. Yeah. And that's a Baroque. Am I right? I guess. I don't know. I have not deeply studied this, which I'm a little bit ashamed of. But <laughs> I, uh, here's a tip. When I, when I was using my this one, this camera, the uh, EM10, yeah. I used to always, you know how you can have framing lines? Mm, different ones, yeah. Yeah, so you can choose an X. Uh-huh, true. And then I can always see my diagonal on the frame. And then, and then can I can, whatever I want to have a this line, the perpendicular one, boom, I can have it there. Bonsoir from France. Uh, good night from France. Oh, that's my aunt. Yeah, yeah. good night from Sweden. <laughs> Bonsoir from the Sued. Suecia? Was it that? Was that in that's Spanish? Spanish. Oh. <laughs> Too many languages. Yeah. Um, um uh he also worked a lot with high key and low key images yeah. as well. Which in itself is a composition I, I would call it a composition element because mm-hmm. you either have a lot of highlights or a lot of shadows and then you play with that within your, your picture. And it can really change the mood completely of Absolutely. what you feel when you're looking at a picture. For example, like in this photo, uh, the sky could have had clouds in it. Yeah. But because it's a high key image it's all white now. So you're forced to focus on what he wants you to focus on, which is these beams and the man who's working. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, w- using these techniques as a composition control, ele- uh, element control, mm-hmm. is also very, very... Uh, By the, the way, we have to mention that he developed most of his work at home in the bathtub yep. <laughs> as well yes so. he did so don't be afraid to start developing your own stuff no <laughs> i i feel like because it's an important thing uh nowadays to like to 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 think about it it's a part of the process because you can still do everything in post on the computer 
but then if you want to control it on the film itself you know you might as well just do it at home it's very simple mm-hmm. you know especially black and white nowadays black and white nowadays it's, mm-hmm. it's an easy process really like if you have not done it you should try it's here we have another time again the baroque you have this diagonal line i was talking about earlier that mm-hmm. didn't exist in the previous photo but then you have so what you can do is if you you can use a parallel line to the perpendicular uh, to create the same uh, feeling of the uh, same style mm-hmm. so our um, perpendicular line would be over here but then you see this line over there that actually exists is parallel to this line mm-hmm. And then this one is kind of leaning off, uh, giving it an organic uh, feeling. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. It's really lucky when you when you find the moment like this, but it takes you to click the shutter and have the photo. So it's, it's not so pure nice. luck, but no, you know. of course not. But I mean, it's it's pure luck in the sense that th- th- he was in the moment that he was there mm. to be able to take the photo that's the lucky part but, but he then was he, for he, he knew when to shoot the photo which yeah. is which is what we we train ourselves to do when we yeah. are photographers right absolutely like you can tell looking at his photos is that he was a hunter yeah he, yeah. he i'm sure he aligned a lot of his photographs and waited a bit before taking them or these were photographs uh, on his way there are some photographs that are repeated mm-hmm. of the same location is because he knew he could make something there and maybe on his daily journey yeah he would stop again see what was going on there and he because he's used to the scene yeah he can very quickly uh compose yeah here is where i think the power of observation like i think people should have in their ha- in their minds that they are photographers even when they don't have the camera with them mm-hmm. because the most mundane of the places, places that you pass every day, if you start to see and to observe the elements, mm-hmm. you can pre-create photos in your head. And then in a later moment, when you have your camera with you, then you can take those photos, you know, especially in that kind of work of street photography, that kind of documentary work of a specific place where you are living, where you are visiting. If you If you know the elements that are static, let's say, then you can think how those other moving elements could fit well within the image and then you just kind of see when it happens, then you take the photo. Mm-hmm. Which I think is what he did in most of the cases. I agree. Here we have an example of a Loki image. Mm-hmm. Even though he's shooting against the sun, it kind of creates the effect almost like it's the moon because it's so underexposed. Mm-hmm. It's underexposed to the point that you can see the disk of the sun. Yeah. Um, and again, another rule applied here is the rule of uh, odds, where you have, um, I'm assuming this is the rule of odds. I mean, I think it applies. You have these three prominent um, sails mm-hmm. in the front on this boat and the same on this. But because that one in the distance, it feels the mini- like it's, it's minimized, the number Smaller, three. Yeah. <laughs> and it creates that singularity in the, in the distance while these are more... Uh, separated but it's again it's open to interpretation for me i feel like then these numbers play a role in 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 the photo yeah it's three boats with three sails it's 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 rhythm it's repetition it it, Um, we come back to the same thing which is so present in nature and so difficult to create (laughs) (laughs) i'm getting very very um 
inspired for my for painting yeah. but then it's like i want to make it happen <laughs> i want to go out and shoot <laughs> yeah uh, me, me too me too but painting i don't need to wait for daylight kind of <laughs> and here we have a common uh, composition technique which is framing using a subframe subframing uh -huh, yeah uh, again very beautiful but if you notice again we have the lines yes masterful work yet again here again we have the the diagonal line mm -hmm. and we have the uh, what do you call the sledgehammer yeah it's kind of parallel to the that other the diagonal line as well and yeah. this perfectly placed beam that is kind of bent and going out of order to also play with the, with the with the diagonal that he created so here we can feel that the way he placed Mm -hmm. uh, the camera in that position to get that angle just perfectly mm -hmm. any other way this photo would be cool but not as cool i mean no yeah i'm just <laughs> looking at this and feeling like so inspired and awful at the same time <laughs> about how inadequate i i usually am with my photos no in, in comparison i mean no oh look, my it's, god it's not look i'm not asking for for to be like him i know no i'm not asking you to tell me no 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 you're no, good this uh, yeah on another level but you, you are so good at composing and you are so good I, at I finding told you, angles no i don't want to hear it <laughs> okay <laughs> no, that's not what i was saying which is the center of your work <laughs> uh, again another uh, low-key image to the point that it's just silhouettes rhythm once again mm -hmm. here we have rhythm one more time i feel like um, i want to uh, maybe uh, here we have this extreme crop um and we have three well almost three prominent figures there are actually five people on the side and three on this side mm -hmm. but again it's very well balanced uh three people here uh five people here there's one bent over but like three heads kind of more prominent and three umbrellas yeah so it's it's like when you see an image like this it feels random mm -hmm. at first but no. it feels it feels random but it feels harmonic mm. and then when you look into it with detail then you find the patterns mm -hmm. this is what is so hard to achieve that it doesn't look on purposely patternful mm. but it's this this the the sub layer of the image mm -hmm. this is how i see it it's not something that it, you see it it feels it makes you feel good for some reason it works and then when you study it you see the patterns Right, like this chaotic harmony. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a nice uh, name for a podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start a new one. <laughs> Again, here we have rhythm with these uh, crazy beams sticking out of the cement. Mm -hmm. Rhythm, one more time. Oh, this one is so beautiful. You, I still can't see it on your screen. Is the one with the spikes? Uh, the one after it. Oh, it's, it's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah so nice. It's so beautiful. Subject separation, he also did so well. Yeah. So you have this line that is curving. If you just like draw this line on the on the figures, mm -hmm. it curves really nicely into the frame, and it kind of aligns with the rest of the picture. So like you have the the open space in the picture goes in the center in the back, mm -hmm. not center, but over here, and it falls on this figure here, the children. And then all the way down to this woman right here, mm -hmm. which is insane. 
that he got it aligned like that. Like looking at this nowadays, I would not believe that this was not posed. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe it's cynical of me. And <laughs> that's just like, and we already didn't discuss. Like we didn't even discuss what's happening. Yeah, right. The fact that exactly. there's this kid with another kid on their back, holding a walking stick. <laughs> you know? I think that's an old lady. Is it an old lady? <laughs> it looks like a kid to me. It looks like they're siblings and she's carrying her brother or sister on their back. Could be, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Hard to tell. I mean, if we then go into the topic and realm of what he was photographing, because we so far only talking how beautiful they are and how well the elements in his photos are placed and the composition. But then there's another layer to his photography, which is what he photographed and what the body, his body of work represents, which is the everyday person living in Hong Kong. This is basically what he he wanted to to represent and he wanted to capture. Uh, if you read a little bit about his bio and you listen to him talking about his photography, uh, for him the important thing was to capture the day-to-day, -to, -day, to capture the the people that made the city and the people mm. that survived the harsh conditions and the awful life that they had in the city. So it is a lot of workers, street workers. There is a lot of um, people just trying to survive, as he was saying. Mm. I think that photo kind of uh, shows shows mm -hmm. that element with the girl. And a lot of the ones we looked at before with the people in the, in the, in the boats. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think of this one? <laughs> So that one is, is is so nice. It is because to me, th uh, this is uh, so actually. Siri, she was commenting right now that I about cropping. Yeah, that mm -hmm. she feels guilty, and then looking at these photographs, you realize how it can benefit your photos. This is a perfect example because with this photo, it was a square photo probably. Mm -hmm. You do this cropping, and then what you are telling is the kid's story mm -hmm. instead of the image or the the location story. You know what this reminds me of? What I remember Tom and Jerry. The cartoons. Yes. I remember that at, at some, in some episodes there used to be humans and you never you see never their see. faces. Yeah, you yeah, only yeah. see their legs walking around. Because they're not part of the story, right? Yeah. Here you are telling this these two kids are around and, mm -hmm. and this is the this is the world they see, right? Yeah. And that's what you get with such a cropping and such a composition. Mm -hmm. And it's perfectly fine. I I I you don't have to be constrained to whatever photo you took in, in camera to yeah to get something beautiful and again we can see a beautiful rhythm here like if you think of it as a beat for example mm -hmm. this would be your kick <laughs> <laughs> boom and then this would be your snare pow. and then this is your symbol because it's more spread out <laughs> and this one is boom <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah you know about music uh, and That's again nice. we have the rule of odds we have a group of people here that is together a group of people here that is kind of more spread out. And then, and then the singled out figure in the center. The lone ranger. I like that. The kid is holding a hat. Yeah. So cute. It is. Such a, such a great photo. Again, here we have the use of uh, negative space or the rule of space. Um, again, I'm not mentioning the rule of thirds because... Uh, you We're past that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you're, you already can see it. Uh, yeah. and, uh, it's implied in a lot of the... Yeah. Of the 
because you can work with different rules at the same time. That's yeah. another thing we didn't kind of talk about. But you can, of course, place a main subject in a third of the line, but then work with two diagonals that could cut across. Mm. So these rules are rules. They are not, uh, you know, um, how do you say? They are interchangeable, and then you can also combine them, and you can, you know. The thing is about the rule of thirds, why I don't necessarily like to uh, emphasize it is mm -hmm. because it's a 2D rule yeah, rather than a 3D rule. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy, and it's very easy for you to focus on it and miss other things. Yes. True. Especially if you're working with a uh, shallow depth of field. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like you just blur out the fo uh, the background, yeah. and you place uh, your uh, ob your object on an int uh, interest point, and then bada bing, bada boom. Call it a day. It's yeah. finished. You're missing out. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. If you're constraining yourself to the rule of thirds, nothing against it i mean i still use it and it's present in a lot of great work but don't constrain yourself to it because you're missing out mm -hmm. as i was saying here we can see the the space in the in the top it just kind of emphasizes to me at least the way it feels i needed to make a comment by the way mm -hmm. uh, about that you should study all kinds of art mm -hmm. not just photography like a yeah. tip for photographers is that learn about painting, learns about learn about music, learn about poetry, because feeling is a part of the photo, and you want to create that. And for me, when I look at this, I just see these these people walking in the street. That person in the middle, there's one in the back. I don't know if you can see it, but the one in the middle is working, and the one in the foreground is like going somewhere mm -hmm. to work, maybe because it's day. But then it's like long building of this, of this, these, I mean, they're not very long, but in perspective, they mm -hmm. seem big and long. And all of these stories, they kind of like are crushed okay. under the life, under life. Yeah. It's like there's people, yeah. you know, living their lives in the big in biggest big, street in this yeah. big world that there is right? it's yeah. it's it's hard it's hard because i'm not a poet yeah <laughs> that's what that's why i thought about that because it feels like i need to be able to say poetry in order to describe how this photo makes me feel mm -hmm. it's hard to describe with normal language mm -hmm. here we have uh, the use of negative space uh, as it's more conventionally used uh, with the big plain background and it works really well in this oh. photo because this person is not going anywhere. This person is actually staying there for because of the fact that they have a table next to them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when doing it this way, again, you see the different feeling. Yeah. Like if you look at this photo and the previous photo, you see the difference in the it's negative the opposite, space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the other people were doing, were moving. Here, there is no movement. Oh, it's only there, and that's the center, and this is the yeah. yeah. So beautiful, yeah. so masterful, and. There's a rule of thirds for you, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Talking about it. Yeah. Um, bef before we leave, I really would like that you show the picture that I said it was the first picture that drove me to him when we... I love this photo. Uh, which can, one? can we just yeah, yeah. talk about this one? I love this one so much. Uh, again, this is... Um, yeah. You have... Uh, so th This is so complicated to 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 explain. To, to explain. <laughs> Because this is following the diagonal symmetry, yeah. But deep, like this is deep in the. It's meta. Yeah. <laughs> no, if you, if you, so the the if you take this frame and you draw the lines, so you can um, 
I'm gonna uh, look it up. Diagonal symmetry, diagonal symmetric matrix. Well, let's not do that. Sorry for this. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> diagonal symmetry. And what do you say that um, this is 16 by 9, let's call it? 16 yeah, by 9. There. And if we follow, we go to images. So here you have all these lines, mm -hmm. right? And this is a guideline, basically. Uh, you can actually, um, this is a good tip if you want to compose like that. You can print this out and tape it on the back of your camera. Or if you want to be more advanced, you can uh, make it, print it on a small um, yeah. transparent acetate, or acetate like and then stick it in your viewfinder. Yeah. And then it will be overlaid on your image and then lose whatever g uh, grid you have yeah. if you're using digital. But if you use this, uh, something like this or something like this, you can see... Um, all these lines that are that exist in this photo mm -hmm. and they might not exist in the same place as the guide has them yeah but they're parallel they are there yeah. mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna leave it at that it's mm -hmm. beautiful it's it's really nice photo. here we noticed a few photos that passed uh, wasn't so uh, high contrast mm -hmm. yeah um but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll through the gallery. I don't mm -hmm. remember which one was it. The one you're thinking it's of. It's in the Hong Kong Yesterday gallery. Okay, but I'm I'm looking at a few that I really want to yeah, talk yeah, sure, about. Sure. Uh, we have this one of the kids, and it's um, kind of a Dutch angle, but with an extreme crop <laughs> that it just looks like a super cool poster. I also because of the um, the windows there. Yep. It's it's I think that's what makes the difference. If the windows were closed, it wouldn't be the same photo. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't and work the same. Here again, we have the rule of space. That's so nice. By the way, speaking of the rule of space, if you want to see it um, uh, in practice in something more recent, uh, go watch at least the first season of Mr. Robot. That you, I really want to watch that TV show. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. The Mr. Robot, whoever directed it, I'm sorry, I don't know the credits off the top of my head. Uh, but they used this rule very much in the, in the, a lot in the in the series, and you see like very extreme crops when you see the characters in the bottom corner or the very bottom of the frame, and it's to create the space. It's to create the same feeling as these photos are doing. Mm -hmm. uh, here we have another one of like a composite image. It's the, I think it's the same uh, scene, two different uh, times. Mm -hmm. and uh, you get uh, this kind of thing i i feel like my it's not exactly the same scene because the second street light on the right is, yeah, doesn't different. exist uh, and the signs as well but i feel like this can be train tracks like uh, the, yeah, platform. the platform yeah mm -hmm. and maybe he photographed both different platforms mm -hmm. on the same track and col uh, compiled them together it's really nice again silhouette uh, up, upside down <laughs> <laughs> so cool he just uh, did whatever you want I also like that he put a title to each one of his photos yeah he actually really nice. spent the last few years of his life uh, working on uh, on doing this basically yeah mm -hmm. which is really 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 cool I'm really glad he got to do this yeah 
because uh, we talked about this a, f- a while ago when we were looking at a different photographer and we were wondering if they had anything to say about, about the curation, about yeah. the curation mm, of their work. True. So I'm really glad that uh, Fan Ho was in on it and he actually spent the last few years of his life uh, organizing Sorting, organizing yeah. work, yeah. It's it's really great. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of his work available for us to watch, to learn, to share, which is great. Yeah. Like this uh, this is so m- so much you can learn from this gallery. And we haven't even looked at the other ones. Like True. we're already like almost an hour in, uh, but I don't know. I don't care if we spend three hours looking at these. Honestly, <laughs> um, uh, look at this one: the subject separation. Perfect. Excellent work, <laughs> excellent work. And again, you have your lines, you have your rhythms, you have everything. There's so much you can, yeah, you can s- single out in the in this in this uh yeah and i think uh, looking at this kind of photograph uh, wondered or not i think your brain gets trained to see to see patterns to see image like to see the compositions like that so it's really important to to study and to see work that we like because yeah. it, wondered or not i think it gets a bit imprinted in you uh, there's this one again a uh, really good use of the rhythm with the windows, you have the rule of space lines. again, and obviously it was cropped from a square format. Uh, play with the shadows, beautiful work. Oh, this one is really cool. I like those. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Vivian Mayer esque. <laughs> uh, playing with the shadows and the reflections. Do you want me to turn the screen so you can uh, look real time <laughs> with me? Sure. Yeah, like this is fine. Yeah. Here we have another extreme crop. Mm-hmm. I feel really bad for you if you are listening to this podcast. This one is one of the episodes that you really, really. I say I feel like I almost say that every week. <laughs> I mean, we are it's a photography podcast, yeah. <laughs> but uh, of course, go and check the links and really like take a look at the galleries in his website and his work because. You will see everything that we're mentioning. You are gonna be able to see it yourself in the photos. And, and this is one of the uh, of the photos that I think there's a series of them mm-hmm. on these train tracks, mm-hmm. uh, where he played with the uh, line rule element, extra people in it, yeah. negative space. There was one that uh, he I saw him uh, commenting about in a video. Uh, there is a couple of videos, by the way, on the website mm-hmm. on the about in the about page. Uh, you can check them out again. The link for the website is in the description. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm trying to pick something that we haven't talked about uh, in terms of uh, composition. Composition. Can you put this one bigger? Uh, hold on. This window, you mean? Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, help me out to uh, single out because I feel like we're saying the same thing over yeah, and over. Yeah, I mean, um, um, there is a square photo for a change. Where? Here. Oh, it's not. It's not. It's not square. <laughs> I thought it was square. <laughs> there is no. This one is is a different kind of composition with this like or at least of of viewpoint, which mm. is like right head on photo. Which I'm Centering, really yeah. happy. <laughs> I'm I'm really a fan of that yeah, kind of composition. It's 
It's normal symmetry. It's yeah. like center. Center symmetry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this one's uh, it worked really nicely with the light and and how to get the perfect composition to get what he wanted because sometimes he wanted to single out the have more the anonymity of the of the subjects in the photos but other times when when seeing the faces or seeing more elements would make a story within the photo he was able to get them so uh, that's masterful work as well yeah i was reading something somebody said if you want to get similar feel for these photographs if you're trying to choose a film uh trix is uh, recommended mm. to have a similar contrast i like trix i think it's a great film yes again here we yeah. have uh beautiful odds rhythm so i have a single person single person single person group and these two shadows it's, it's i mean i don't know i'm i feel unable to just describe <laughs> how technically masterful these photos are and how simple it seems as well yes here we oh, have I this one uh, again rule of space um and poetry one more time you see this uh, i assume it's an older lady sitting on a bench and it's just like a tree for me re resembles life i love trees right yes but <laughs> but also a sh shadow of a tree yeah it kind of resembles um like a reference like a shadow is a reference to the real thing the shadow mm -hmm. is not the real thing it's a reference to the real mm -hmm. thing and it's it's usually behind you. It's an imprint, yeah. You yeah. know, it can be in front of you if the light is behind you. But yeah. we always say the shadows follow you, yeah, right? Because so it's behind you, and this older woman just sitting there waiting on a bench and like contemplating. Probably feels like it's she's contemplating all her life <laughs> with this. I don't know. I, for me, it feels that way. Yeah, it's just beautiful. It. It, even those are the even though these are stills like i want to go back to this uh, if you're listening it's called the evening of life <laughs> even though this is a still i feel movement in it i think it's also because you know you are seeing the shadows of three of three um trees yeah. as well there's a rhythm so there's a rhythm there is the rule of odds because it's three versus one person mm -hmm. it's all these elements that together they they do create movement yeah right yeah or i don't know if it's that and maybe it's crazy it like it's somehow crazy that this tree is the youngest older and the oldest tree yeah did you notice that yeah <laughs> it's insane i'm like my, my mind is i'm you know looking at this photo i'm losing words i'm i'm glitching out <laughs> What else should we look at? So much good. Ah, that one, the triangle one. Triangle, I really this like that one? one. Is it this one? Yeah, yeah. Busy, busy. Yes. Busy, busy life. And also choosing where to focus on. Yeah. Also. You know, you play with the elements, but also like with your focus, what do you want to be? Because obviously here you would say, oh, the focus maybe is the biggest thing in your image mm -hmm. which is the closest one 
But then you have the second layer. Okay, what is it focused in the photo? Mm -hmm. Which is not that one. It's the other one that is just, to me, like waiting for something. Is the it other the, ones the man in the back over here? No, I think it's this one. Oh, this one yeah. is for you, the focus. For me, I'm drawn to this person in the background. But <laughs> I said everybody else is moving, but this person right here is... I feel like, yeah, this is one is sitting. waiting and these ones are going and coming and going and this one is just the static. Yeah. Yeah, that of course, pictures can mean different things to different people, which is also what's amazing about it. <laughs> Here again, we have three. Uh, what is what are those flagpoles? Not flagpoles, sail poles. Tim is with us, and he commented, "Looking at such a photos really makes you either want to give up or work even harder. Yeah. They are so good, it's inspiring, but also makes me worry I will never reach work of such a high standards." Dude, that's exactly what I was saying <laughs> earlier. I don't know if you were with us in the beginning, but I'm feeling exactly the same. Uh, I think it, you can always aim for that, you know, and work your whole life to get to to be like to create things like this, yeah. to see the life like this, right? It's it's so good. Look at this. Look at this chaos here. The chaos, but not so chaotic. Working mm -hmm. skywards. Yeah. And again, the crop makes you feel it. Fe you know what it, this one feels like? It feels like in comp a, a stop motion. But I'm looking at all the frames together. Uh huh. Telling yeah yeah. So it's it's one moving element. Yeah, that it's is like just the same like person. Photograms. Yeah, it's like mm -hmm. this person was here, and then went up here, and then went up here, and went up here, and went mm -hmm. up here. So it's like multiple exposure. So but yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not. It's a, I think it's a single exposure. Yeah. But again, with the way it's framed, it's. Uh, I feel like uh, we're in awe, <laughs> and it, it's making for a bad podcast. If you're listening, I have to keep apologizing. Look at this one. Yeah. Again, rule of space. So beautiful. Mm. So beautiful. This is more what we were saying about capturing the city and the people. The hardship. The hardships, yeah. Uh, the one that you wanted to look at. Is it in uh, Hong Kong yesterday? If you go down, down, down. I think it's, uh, it's his earlier work up there. I noticed as soon as uh, this one. No. But this one we should talk about as well. I noticed as soon as I clicked to this one, is that it has the prints, they have a different tone. Yeah. Um, and these are warm tone mm -hmm. prints. And I think it's more fitting with the gallery that it's of... Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so beautiful. Right. Uh, what this is one, oh, this, this one, one is like a painting. It's it like, like, I imagine these printed in like... Very I don't big. know, 20 meters times 30 meters in one room where you get into the room and this is what takes over the whole room yeah. and then you are just there feeling insignificant because you are insignificant in this world and then you are in front of this big mm -hmm. masterpiece. Like imagine like, like these people are exactly. life-size. That's how big the print. And then you are feeling as tiny as they are feeling next to that, that boat they big are. Boat, yeah. yeah, so cool. Super extreme crop. <laughs> yes. And insane rhythm, again. This is just uh, all kinds of instruments are playing here in this one. <laughs> uh, okay, this one again. Uh, not sure if it's a single exposure or not, which is completely fine <laughs> because I'm in love with it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's beautiful. We have like 
This is now this is a techno song. <laughs> this one is this one it has more yeah more yeah. Tum, 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 right? tum 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 It's very like um systematic. Yeah. And then you have these organic elements in all of this system basically. Yeah. You know what this photo reminds me of? What is it? Your profile photo that you're on Facebook? Looking? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say that. I because the, the, you it, you are taking a photo of a of a ceiling that has a glass and then you are sitting there. Yeah. It it has also lines like this and yeah. it's a uh, yeah very contrasty. Yeah, I crushed everything. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Kind of have That's this. That's a creative. Uh, yeah. Again, we have this. I love how in this one how the silhouettes in the back yeah are faded mm -hmm. while the one in the front. Uh, is more uh, deep black and i think this was done in the in the, in the dark room either that or is because there is a bit of like a fog the fog and in then the back like behind the fog i don't know because this one doesn't seem like it's on the same plane as the no fog. and it's a little bit darker it is i would say that's true but again it kind it, it might have been emphasized later in the mm -hmm. in the dark room because i'm i'm sure he like we obviously know that he's doing a lot of work in post yes um it doesn't take away from the images i don't that's not what i'm saying um, no. oh, I, the the lines how yeah. everything is like falling rule of space mm -hmm. yet again um it's just this this f makes me feel about what you were saying the concept of people being in the uh, living in the hard life and the hardship it's like it feels like all of this is on top of their heads, and they're everything's all falling this, apart. Yeah, right? like that's the feeling. And he's alone. Yeah. And uh, Ali in the rain is the name of this photograph. Mm -hmm. This one is uh, very similar to a Bresson photo. Yes. Of the kid going like this mm -hmm. with the patches on the wall. It feels like the 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 wall is leaning it's you almost didn't use a tilt shift <laughs> no yeah it's mo it feels like the camera was like a bit like this like this yeah, yeah. i think so too but it kind of also usually uh, i feel it um uh it doesn't work so much mm -hmm. when your verticals are are falling mm -hmm. but i feel in this one it kind of adds to it it adds to mm -hmm. it because it fe it it feels like it's a lot of tilt yeah which is almost like falling yeah mm -hmm. it almost feels like that's the the ground yeah do you true. remember like an in inception where the world <laughs> yeah. kind of starts to like the Go road around, bends then, mm -hmm. this makes me feel like that honestly i like this one a little more than the bresson one <laughs> i like that one too that's one of my favorite photos yeah. and i find i know a lot of people look at it and it's like they don't see why it's great and i understand but this one is for me maybe Touch yeah, there, it's very hard. <laughs> uh, there's no, I mean, doesn't make anything, uh, make any, mean anything. Which one I like better. They're both great. Let's see, what else? I would <laughs> say that one that you just showed, it's yeah. the same place where the Dutch, the stream Dutch angle crop, because it's the same windows, I think. Uh, hold on, this one. one. Yes. They look very similar. Maybe. Actually. Maybe. Uh, again, here we have rule of, Odds, three, one, crazy leading lines. Mm -hmm. And it kind of like a, 
you can see that th these lines over here were kind of diagonal in the frame. I'm assuming that this photo was, this part of it was cropped. Mm -hmm. So he maybe began by uh, composing this one diagonally. Yeah. And then he had this one perpendicular coming into it. But then later he decided to maybe lose whatever was here mm -hmm. and have this more tight composition. I wish I could talk to him and ask him what was he thinking. Um, this photo, he commented on this photo. Yes, he did. It was either this one or another one. Yeah, it's I think very similar. Like, no. I remember him saying, it's on the YouTube video on the website. He was saying that he didn't think so much of it at first. Yeah. He just took the photo and then later went back to it to look at it. And he saw these kids, these two kids playing in the foreground with this girl. Or maybe a boy. It was like a girl hiding under her behind her umbrella yeah. and kind of wanted to shoop. and it wasn't even like the reason why he took the photo or anything because he said there were some some other things on the a train track or something like that in the yeah. other side and actually this photo has also that that feeling that you were saying about the world bending because mm -hmm. if you look at this and then you go down this looks like it could be a wall of a building yeah so it feels like if you go from up down it changes mm -hmm. what the what the subject is itself. This one, it feels to me like uh, this is the camera, mm -hmm. and it was like this. I don't know if you can feel the tilt, but <laughs> like kind of like this, tilted forward, and then like this. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's how it became, because as you say, it's very flat. Yeah. So it kind of like tilted you don't forward. Don't know what's up to, or down. Or yeah. yeah. Because we know they're walking on the floor, yeah. on the ground. So you kind of have to tilt forward to match the ground <laughs> on the pattern. Yeah. Uh, this one, that it, one. I mean, I will not believe that it's not staged, but I do. But maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> this is the photo that uh, drove me to know who he was. Yeah. This is. I remember. I think I was sixteen or seventeen when I saw this photo first, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Wow, I like that so much." And uh, I looked into who took it and then I got to know about his work a little bit. No, I I don't think I went so in deep as we have done now. I think this website, is it wasn't there when I was 20 years no. old or something. So I have not seen so much work of him until today. It was really, really, really nice. But this photo, there is something. Is the is the monochrome feeling, but with the different tonality mm -hmm. within it. The lines, the, the diagonal lines, mm -hmm. the vertical lines, the... There is perpendicular lines and the element of the human person there too. So tiny, I mean, she's so insignificant. standing in the right spot and that line can't be more perfect. <laughs> I know. It's just amazing. It is amazing. Uh, it reminds me of uh, Rochenko kind of a little bit. Yes, actually. It's not in the same, but it's... It's because of the geometry uh, in it, I yeah. guess. Uh, there, there are nowadays there's a few photographers that i follow on instagram that do a lot of this work like their whole portfolio is basically different versions of this photo it's five five tones of gray and a human <laughs> that's mm -hmm. how we call it <laughs> right it's it so is good. one two three four five yeah ah, did you count yeah oh. <laughs> uh, it's called approaching shadow the yeah. name of this photograph what else can we look at? Uh, this one is really cool. Mm. Uh, oh, so beautiful. 
so many so many lines a lot of symmetry and uh, our like diagonal symmetry i should say which is yeah it's symmetry and this rhomboid here and it's like oh it's so crazy you know i used to practice uh, this these lines in the kitchen uh, when i lived uh, the last apartment i lived in in stockholm uh, the the shadow the sun would always come like through the window like mm-hmm. the, the sun would be right outside the window straight on mm-hmm. and it cr- will create these shadows like this That's so cool. and i have a bunch of photos with the never shared them never probably never will <laughs> but it's fun it's fun to pra- it's really fun to draw with lines yeah, Matis wanted to say you talked about rules 25 minutes ago i like to say rules are there to be broken <laughs> uh yeah but I agree. I, I don't think. I agree, but th- then how do you make this magic? Like, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, he obviously knew what he was doing. He obviously <laughs> was. Right? Like, yeah. this one, he got. I feel like he got so comfortable with the rules in order to. That's what we're tra- trying to say is that you need to practice and learn about all the rules. Yes. So that's what I'm saying about the rule of thirds that if you just think it's, if you go on YouTube and you try to learn about composition, most people are going to tell you to do the rule of thirds. Yeah. You have to dig deeper. I recommend a channel called The Art of Photography mm-hmm. by Ted Forbes. It has a very old playlist, nine years ago, um, of all the different rules that we talked about today. And I recommend learning through that one and finding maybe different books or stuff like that instead of just focusing on one rule yeah the rule of thirds definitely should be broken um <laughs> but i i so uh, drawing a parallel that you were doing before about music and photography and the rhythm and stuff mm. um rules are there to be broken but if they're broken too much things stop making sense and stop being enjoyable i would say because do you remember you showed me this music that doesn't follow patterns or rhythms oh yeah uh, non-rhythmic atonal atonal music, music. And <laughs> non-rhythmic a- is one yeah, and then atonal is another, is another and but, you can combine but the tonality is also a, a rhythmic thing and it's, it's a rule in a sense right like when you work yeah, with the yeah, different yeah, tones yeah, yeah. right this, yeah. this is what I so mean so like, like the do re mi fa sol yeah, the, yeah. this is a rule yeah so so the music that doesn't follow these underlying rules and rhythms mm-hmm. exists mm-hmm. to me is not something enjoyable there's yeah. some people that a might enjoy it. A lot of people will disagree with you. I know, but mm-hmm. to me, like, it makes me feel anxious. Yeah. It makes me feel things, which well, is maybe it, that's what they want. Yeah. I'm not saying, but to me, it doesn't work. It, it's not something that I enjoy. It's not something you seek. I, and But what I want to say is, yeah, of course, rules are there to be broken. I agree with that statement. But I think what we can learn today from looking at Van Ho's work is that understanding these rules and then will allow you to just and because if you look at these photographs it doesn't necessarily uh it's not the first thing that jumps at you mm-hmm. for me at least every time i look at a photo i have a feeling first yes <laughs> but then because this is what we're doing today is that we're trying to look understand uh, right. and learn what what has been done here and um and I feel like, for example, you, you need sub- subject separation, right? Mm-hmm. 
So these two, like subject separation is one of the rules. If these two people were overlapping, it wouldn't be the same. Mm -hmm. The fact that this person here and this person here are separated by a specific distance, which is similar to these people here, and then this one is right on the spot where they should be, and you have these two kids holding each other. If these two were to be closer, yeah, it would have took a point out yeah, I guess. of the picture because it broke the rhythm. Mm -hmm. It would have been a different rhythm mm -hmm. and maybe it would have been also enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. But there is something about it like this. I don't know. Begin again, because again, like if these two were just o overlapping, the rest of the frame is still great. Mm -hmm. But you never know. Uh, maybe then he would have cropped it. <laughs> yes, most probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, we don't know. Uh, this one is called W, by the way. Yeah. Very fitting. What else are we looking at? Is this one upside down? Yes. <laughs> I love that he did so many upside down ones. Mm -hmm. I love upside down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again, here we have a kind of a Baroque uh, line. It's, two. it's so mind-bending. Yeah, here there's two baroques. I don't know if you noticed them. There's this diagonal line, <laughs> and there is from this corner perpendicular on this. Mm -hmm. And if you draw a line from this corner perpendicular on this, yes. and then you make a parallel line, you'll get <laughs> this line. <laughs> and then the main one is filled up with people. people yeah. The second main one is filled up with less people. And then the then thinner one is empty. empty. <laughs> I I know we haven't started cursing on this <laughs> on this show yet, but I feel like this is an appropriate episode for me to let loose. <laughs> How long have we been going? Uh, eighty-six minutes. I think we can we can do more. <laughs> I mean, we have the most amount of people now, so. Yeah. Here again, we have the diagonal symmetry, and the play of the the perspective, uh, the floor seems more like a wall mm -hmm. and we have the rule of odds <coughs> happening again with these um what do you call these the things on the floor these things right here vents oh uh, yeah sewer, or like sewer things. switch or like and they're drawing a triangle and then you have your human right on the intersecting lines mm -hmm. between the light and whatever that line is. Uh, is it the power line? I think it's the power line because you can see the light hitting it on a different... Uh, the light is hitting it right, hi right here. So it's the power line. Because the light is coming from this uh, from this direction. You can see it on the shadow. Um, yeah. So beautiful. Really beautiful. Uh, so... Uh, Remember to check the website. Yeah, there's uh, also an uh, Instagram, actually, that I just found. Cool. Uh, he did some color work, by the way. <laughs> yes, Let's beautiful, actually. Let's look at a few color pictures before we leave. Um, what is your guess on the stock? Is it the 60s? No idea. I will not even try to yeah. guess. But it's like, it's could be something like, um, I don't know. I mean, he was in China. So most likely yeah. he was using Fuji stocks. Mm -hmm. I my first guess my first guess was gonna be Aqua Aqua color, which uh, 
I hear is based on Fuji Superior. But this is the 60s. I don't know. I wasn't alive then. I know. What kind of color? Anybody would like to guess in the chat? Yeah, that would be nice. What do you guys think? This is the China, Hong Kong in the 60s. But it's beautiful colors. I really... Those reds? (laughs) Those reds are so good. What's happening? I'm I'm, uh, reading Tim's last message. Yeah, Tim. Well... (laughs) Keep it up, and hopefully uh, our, our kids will we'll will, do it, will yeah. talk about your work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, any guesses on the film stocks? Place them now. Ding, 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 it's, ding, it's ding, they're ding, really ding. nice. The color ones. Are you searching if you to see if you can find an answer? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm looking. Very, very nice. It almost reminds me of. Um, I'm not gonna say. <laughs> I don't want to spoil what's coming what's in the future. Com- it, uh, no, it's true. It, I also thought about right? that, yes. Yeah. Stay tuned for next episodes. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. W- whatever it is, is very nice. <coughs> All right. Uh, let's let's uh, go through some closing notes. and. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what can we learn? <laughs> from today's episode <laughs> that there are amazing photographers out there that can be so inspiring and and can teach us so much about what's what's beautiful in the world of photography i agree uh hold on let me let me see where you can find the yeah if you go to the website the first tab mm-hmm. uh, is uh, forget me not mm-hmm and if you scroll down, uh, you will see uh, two videos. Two videos. One was actually made by a YouTuber that I can't. I don't want to click on it now to because I don't want to play the audio. And mm-hmm. uh, the first one is actually an interview uh, with uh, with uh, Fan Ho. Beautiful. Yeah, so you can hear it from him. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to add? I don't know. There's so many photos. Check his web, his Instagram I, as well. When you pointed, actually, it was visible on oh, the yeah? screen, so you can show stuff if you want through your phone. That's fine. I just wanted to. I bring, don't think bring it can. back. My yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as always, uh, we thank you guys for joining us uh, every week. Live. Yes. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a bit of just a long session of us uh, fan, fangirling and fanboying. <laughs> on, uh, on fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of, I want to talk about this. Yes, I know this is, um, yeah, it's, it's photography related. Uh, go watch. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's live now or if it's coming in a bit. Uh, hold on, let me check. But um, Perseverance, the Mars rover, landed yesterday. And it's going to send images. And it's going to send pictures today. Yes. So go check them out. I think I should get a notification when they... How many Hasselblads did they send to Mars? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any. But that was uh, Yasse, Yasse, Yasse Film yesterday. Yeah. posted a really cool meme about that. I wish I recorded it. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think it's coming soon. Um, uh, the rover, the Mars rover is going to send a bunch of images. And I think it's going to send... Uh, maybe videos even from mm-hmm. the landing because that's time they put a lot of different cameras yeah 
to show the landing. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. If you haven't heard about it, go check it out. They have a... Because the landing has like three main parts of it and the different processes through the landing, right? Because they use like the rockets and they use the, the parachute and they yeah, use so like all the stuff. First, it's the heat shield. Yeah. And they have this uh, basically because of the disc mm-hmm. of, the, of the thingy that has the rover in it. Yeah. Uh, it's the weight is not balanced uh-huh yeah. so uh, they they have these thrusters that turn it around to put it in the right position to change the ba- the center of the mass uh-huh. so it will f- it will fly in different directions <laughs> that's cool so that's the first step and then they have a p- uh, they have a parachute mm-hmm. and then they lose the heat shield in the front yeah and then at the end when it slows down enough it will fall and use thrusters to to land in the proper place to get close to the ground yeah and then it has like a crane lines that with the thruster still on it lowers it all the way down to the ground and then it releases the lines and because of the because the rover is not connected anymore the thrusters will fly and crash somewhere and i don't know did you know that this one uh, has a, a drone with it I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. On the other side, there's a drone, so it's going to drop it Mm -hmm. and then drive away. And then the drone is going to fly away and take pictures. That would be amazing. So, yeah, a lot of cool pictures are coming your way from uh, Mars. From Mars. Yeah, so go check that out if you're interested. Uh, That's a very rare kind of photography that you don't see every day. Um, But, yeah, we hope you got as inspired as Tim and I did today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also very inspired. I hope it I'm inspired for painting and working with rhythm and uh, trying to get this kind of good compositions. Yeah, we should uh, hopefully get out more often. Uh, now the sun is slowly getting closer. Yes. And the clouds are slowly dissipating. And the ice is slowly melting. melting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is warmer today. It's uh, plus m- two. Minus one. Oh, now it's minus one. That's cold. Yeah. Tomorrow is going to be plus two, and then four, and then Wednesday is going to be six degrees. Oi, yeah. spring is here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully we'll make more cool stuff, and hopefully you guys get to do so as well. Mm. Uh, wish everybody have a nice week. Yes, and next week, we interesting, will s- cool yeah. stuff coming. Yeah, actually, we might have a guest ne- next week. Yes. Um, if we do, then the color stuff that I promised will be the week after. Mm-hmm. And we will see. Uh, because I'm waiting on something to happen that might relate to the color. Yeah. It might happen. It might not happen. Hopefully it happens. So mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if it does, uh, then uh, the week after that, we'll talk about the color processes mm-hmm. that I was uh, obsessing about over the week. But uh, yeah, you guys have a great one. Thank you so much for being with us. Yes. We hope you enjoyed it. And yeah. Much love to everybody. Happy compos- composing around. Yeah, good <laughs> luck. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>